0: but in kind of a Latin way to where we're just not used to in the rough What the fuck? <laughs> Who's there with you? Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well that's pretty much it. So uh let's go. <clears throat>
1: This is Asinine Radio. This is the number one music podcast. This is the greatest podcast of all time. This is better than the Joe Rogan podcast. Damn. This is Asinine Radio. This is where we get into a different album every week. We get into the nitty gritty of it. We, get it. we dissect it and we have a good time. Uh, my name is Tyler mm. and way out there, hundreds of miles, mm. way out there in the ether is Jeff. Jeff. Now go to iTunes before we start Or while we're while you're listening Go to iTunes Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there Follow us on social media At Asinine Radio mm-hmm. And once again, thank you all for listening You got anything to say, Jeff? Ooh, anything else God. to say? Before we wrap it up Man, me out here. Before we wrap it up kill What do you got? Smiles. Well, since Jeff's not talking I'll talk a little bit more uh, normally we like to get into a band's entire discography And this week we were thought about doing Santana's entire discography But we didn't Because he has 25 albums And I don't think either of us can list, sit through 25 albums worth of music
0: It's, it's just like a, So it's we're not going to rank their, his albums Yeah, it's just it's just a lot of music And then you have to consider that you're not listening to pretty much anything else Exactly. Why do I want to
1: do that? I mean, it it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not done. It's just, it's just not going to happen, you know. But I did listen to the the, his first three records with the classic lineup, and I listened to the classic lineup reunion from twenty fourteen, and it was uh, it was cool, man. It was great. The first three albums, amazing fucking albums. The 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 reunited lineup was album was pretty good too. Really didn't have a lot of complaints about that. So solid stuff but you know what Jeff we're not talking about those albums <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a good idea to get into um, into this album and what, what album are we doing today supernatural. <laughs> Santana, formed in 1966 in San Francisco, California by Carlos Santana. They currently have 25 full-length albums, 8 live albums, one, e- 1 EP, and have sold well over 100 million copies worldwide. But the album we're doing today is called Supernatural. It's the band's 18th album, and it was released June 15, 1999. This album features a wide array of musicians, including Carlos Santana, on some vocals and lead guitar. Um, He's also the only consistent member in the band, and this album has sold over 30 million copies worldwide, with over 15 million of them being just in the United States. Now, Jeff, what are your first impressions on not only Santana, but also this album that we're doing today, supernatural
0: go yeah so um like but um you know eh. eh, at all, eh. all of those and above eh. my my first impressions of santana i don't remember the last time I, I say last, the first time i've ever heard santana i'm sure it was it was probably like in passing at some point in my life but when i decided to listen to santana and really get into to like the band santana and like the early years, especially in the seventies, the but also they had like forty five albums in the seventies, but I didn't listen to their first three, but I listened to their first two albums again this week. And I don't want to compare Supernatural to those because those are like untouchable. Like those are without without mm-hmm. going too deep into them, those are perfect albums. So it it's it was it was weird coming back into Supernatural because I didn't know, I did recognize, I didn't know at least 4 of these songs. Two of them the biggest, you know, the biggest it's of the biggest. Me. But yeah, man, I mm-hmm. just I was I was very surprised at how how well put together this one was, how how good it was. Everything was everything was great. And then I listened to it again. And then I just thought like <laughs> like I got fooled. What were you thinking? I got fucking fooled. They fooled me good. They fooled me into thinking oh, You scared me Because this is This is like Santana Meets like Pitbull As if As if Santana just, just Hired a bunch of people To come jam with him Wrote the same riff And then just Put it through different effects Through every fucking song And then had like Pitbull Promote this album And that's kind of like Where we're at with this And that's how I feel About this album
1: Man you scared me there
0: they got me at first. Though. At first, they got me at first. The first time I listened to was like, oh, this is good, dude. Like, this is what I like about Santana. <laughs> but then I get like, sunk in. And then I was like, no, this is the opposite of what I like about Santana.
1: Yeah, this is everything that you shouldn't like about Santana, for the most part. There are, there are some high moments. Or not even, I, actually, I don't want to say high moments. There's some bangers here. There's some good stuff here. Let's just say there's some good stuff here. My my first thing with Santana is I never my first time I ever heard him or heard the band was this album or was Smooth that song Smooth. You know I was in what we were probably in sixth grade I think fifth or sixth grade, yeah. And it was it was popular. It was played all the fucking time. That music video that fucking music video <sighs> on VH1 number one spot on VH1, but never the number one spot on MTV kind of weird if you think about it but it was just it's i didn't i hated it back then (laughs) it's better now it's better now but i don't know if that's due to nostalgia or if it's actually not that bad of a song the song smooth and um yeah it's just going back to you know i listened like i said earlier i i listened to the first three records the self-titled abraxas santana 2 and then i listened to or no, Santana 3, and then they're reunited with the Santana 4, and those are good, man. They're, I mean, like Jeff said, the first two, or I'd even say the first three are just untouchable. You cannot fuck with those. Those are They're just, they're amazing records. And then you get Supernatural 18 albums later. And uh, it's <laughs> its it, hard. It's almost, it's it's almost sad. Like, reading more about how this record was made and why it was made kind of it ruins it kind of ruined the mystique more than it should have of 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 Carlos Santana like I always thought like you know he knew what he was doing well he kind of did know what he was doing but it kind of it kind of tarnished his whole character for me a little bit after reading more about this uh, this album which sucks but yeah
0: I I would agree I I almost expected like this album to come out several years after like a big divorce or like a huge bankruptcy or some traumatic event in his life where he was down in the dumps. And then this album came out Mm -hmm. and this was like his big comeback in the music, but it was just like a petty cash grab. And it's just, I don't want to say it's not good because it's not bad. It's not a bad album. It's fine. It's just, it's very like every, every, TV show you would see like in the two thousands that was based in like Miami would have mm-hmm. had one of these songs as its theme song.
1: That's the type that's of album this is. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's that's a great point right there. I was that, also it. thinking this album was was very much that year in music or that like those two years in music ninety yeah. nine. Like every single person he had on this record, except for. Eric Clapton, honestly, except for Eric Clapton, every single person he had on this was of that, those two years in music. Like it's it's almost shocking that he was able, or not that he, but that Clive Davis was able to get this many people to perform on this record. Shocking, truly shocking. <laughs> oh God, I just there, there's there's there's, I think there's a lot to talk about on this record. Bad, mostly bad, honestly. I, I will say it's just. Do you want to start with with bangers? Or do you want to start with stinkers? What do you think?
0: Well, I mean, let's start with smooth because we did already we've already played it. We can get that one out of the way. But when I say something is a stinker on this album, it's only because of the high bar that Santana has already set for itself. And so, when I say this song is a stinker, this song's not good. Mm. I mean, it's still it's still like kind of good because it's still like Santana and he's still Carlos Santana. He plays a fucking killer guitar and he's really talented and everybody in the band's really talented. But compared to what they have done in the past, Mm. it's, it's definitely a stinker, but, (laughs) but, but smooth is not a stinker for me. It's not, it was almost a banger. I almost listed as a banger. I was damn close. I even wrote like, like the, my first line was was besides featuring Rob Thomas was I don't hate this song now, <laughs> like, I don't I I, I appreciate the song a little bit more,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's funny because all of these childhood memories kept coming back to me when he's during the chorus when he says R S forget or I've always thought he said all the the letters R S forget about it oh my god, and I've like for even still like this week I've I've just said R S forget about it <laughs> what. I just that's what it sounded like he said when I was a kid and it stuck with me ever since and I can't unhear it now. But again, I don't I don't hate this song. I think this song is solid in that the melody is carried out by the different instruments and mm-hmm. thus leaving Santana not in the forefront, not needing to like solo and wank and be crazy to help push this song through. It's just a solid pop song. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. His solos and his leads, they they're, they just follow the melody. They're not they're not excessive. There's not a lot of noodling, not a lot of craziness. But uh, it's it's just, it's fine. It's a good, it's a good, um, this is a good Super Bowl halftime song. Oh my God.
1: It's fine. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would not be upset if oh. this was a Super Bowl halftime song. I would not be upset.
1: And you can imagine how it would look in your mind. You oh know, yeah. How, how the stage would be set up and... And like probably the fifteen people that would be on stage, yeah. so
0: <laughs> and god the spotlight man. going to Santana during the solos, yeah. and going back to Rob Thomas and he's we, just kind of like touching his hands in the crowd, doing like your yeah. stereotypical things that. And then Santana has that do. huge
1: guitar strap too. Yeah. Oh god, and he always had like I mean not always, but in the nineties and up until now, he always has that really ugly PRS guitar. You know, what I'm talking about that that orange, like slash looking. That, that 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 color that Slash has on his, his uh Gibson, Les Paul. Yeah, but, it, he, but he has on on that, that ugly PRS. Oh, it's so gross looking. It's well, such an I ugly mean, guitar.
0: I, I don't I don't think the color's ugly.
1: Oh yeah, I don't like the color.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well
1: Oh god. But I'm with you on Smooth, you know. I <laughs> Oh my god. So this song this song always gets stuck in my head. I don't even have to hear it. It just Sometimes I'll just wake up in the morning and this song will be stuck in my head. And it's been like that for years. You know, What? Just, why this I one? don't know, man. I do not fucking know. I've never known why, but it always does. And the reason why we're doing this album was because one day I woke up and this song was stuck in my head and I thought, wouldn't it be, f-? in my mind I'm thinking, oh, wouldn't it be funny or fun to do this album because there's no way it's this, it could be that bad. And I brought it up to you, and you said, "You know, let's do it." You know, well, whatever. Okay, yeah, that's cool. It's your turn. That's to how pick. I. That's how I talk through text. That's exactly how you talk through text. It's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and so we decided. So we decided on supernatural. And goddamn it, what it, was it. It's disappointing, man. It truly is disappointing. <sighs> like why, why, why did I do this to us? This is so all like, my fault. <laughs> If this was a Matchbox 20 album
0: that just featured Santana on it, would it have been better? Mm. Maybe. 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 I feel like it would. I feel like if this was a a match, even like a Rob Thomas solo record, but he just had a bunch of people come on and and hang out and jam with him, but Santana, Carlos Santana just happened to play guitar on every track, I feel like that would have been better. But marketing this as a Santana album...
1: It, that's wrong that seems wrong it is it's, especially it's, it, with how this, was, right, this whole record wrong. was made yeah. <laughs> but back to Smooth you know having it stuck in my head all the time I'm always thinking you know it's fucking awful why do I have it stuck in my head but then listening to it, it like I'm with you it's not that bad of a song it's really not but I have a lot of these negative feelings about it because of how much I hated it as a kid but in all honesty it's not that bad it really isn't that bad but not you a bit. You know banger.
0: what it is about, about Rob Thomas that I, I think I don't like? It's the way he sings Is is you know when you fake smile and like those bones on your cheek, you put them up real high to the, your eyes. Yeah. And, and you make your upper lip like show your gums a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Are you with me a little bit? Yeah, I know. I know what you're, and know so what like, you're saying. And so, like, imagine singing like that. Like that. Like that oh, type of God. singing. It's so oh, annoying. It's
1: so irritating. It makes me so mad. It's almost like somebody trying to make fun of Eddie Vedder. That's yeah, what his voice sounds that's like.
0: What, that's what it does sound like. Oh, but with God. no range whatsoever. <laughs> terrible, terrible singing. <laughs> but it works here. It works here because because of like the smoothness of Santana, of Carlos Santana. Just the kind of the Latin influence. Everything's just very smooth. Everything's very calm everything's very fun i think rob thomas did well with that
1: but see that's that's one of my my issues with this record is that you know they they say oh it's so latin influence but i i feel it's more like like jazz fusion than than latin than latin influence in there like it's it's the type of music that i really dislike because i think it's so boring and so nam show sounding and i yeah i fucking hate that style I hate it so much. It's so gross to me. It's just like it's almost like you're just like chewing on plastic. It just feels gross. (laughs) I just I don't like jazz fusion at all, and that's essentially what almost this entire record is 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 a jazz fusion record with some little Latin influences. But that's very loose, loosely placed throughout this record.
0: I guess like the Latin influence on this record is it is as if you took Garage Band. And did, or any kind of like recording program, and just put like a Latin drum beat with a Latin like guitar, just whatever's pre-stocked on it, and then worked yeah. off of that. That's You're what right. this is. Absolutely like that's what this right. entire album is. And it's, it's like, it's sad. It's sad. And, and Carlos Santana's not even like senile. He's not even old enough to be <laughs> to the point where it's like, oh, maybe he just didn't know. Maybe he didn't realize. Like, no. Like, he, what were you... Like yeah. dude, your legacy is as arguably one of the greatest guitarists of all time, one of the greatest, like music makers of all time. It's just it's just crazy. It's yeah. insane to me that they put this out and it's their best selling album.
1: I know. And looking more into it and, and reading how it happened, it kind of I I don't know if I want to dislike Santana for the reasons why reasoning why. I don't know. I'm so conflicted with it because he through the 80s he wasn't successful for the most part i mean through some of it he was but he there was a sharp decline especially like i think he put album out album out in 91 or 92 it just it totally bombed and this is the first record in like seven years or six years and he actually went to clive davis and clive davis was the one who originally signed santana to columbia records back in 67 or 68 and he actually went to Clive Davis in the night, like 1998 or 1997, saying, "I want to do this record. I want to make it radio friendly. I want to make sure it blows up." And so Clive Davis clearly he said, "Okay." He, he said, "Okay, <laughs> I can see I can see a lot <laughs> of money it. in this. So let's get everybody in popular music right now to get to put on this record. But then let's not let Carlos have any sort of real songwriting credits, or never really produce any of it." This entire record is essentially not a Santana album. It just has his, his name on it. Yes, I mean, looking because I'm looking at the the track listening right now, and I'm looking at the songwriting credits. He's only on a couple songs or a few songs. Again, thirteen it, uh, songs.
0: Again, it's it's it. Like this sounds like they had him record maybe two or three different uh, different licks or different solos, and then they're like, "All right, cool, thanks, man." And, and he was probably just like, "That's it, yeah, that's it." And then this came out and he won a bunch of Grammys.
1: It's crazy to me. It's like, I mean, I agree with you on that too, but it's like it's like he said, okay, so I want to have, so Clive Davis is like, I want to have um, Lauren Hill on this album, so let's bring her production team and songwriting yeah. team along with him, yeah. and then we'll do this one song. And let's get Everlast, and we'll have his songwriting and production team to come along and do that as well. And then that's just how, how the entire thing happened. That's what it seems like. Like it seems like Carlos Santana had so li- he had the least amount to do on this record.
0: I and just Smooth, don't get it. Smooth itself was like a Rob Thomas song that he was already working on mm-hmm. and just brought it over to Santana. And Santana just added a couple licks and
1: Yeah, if you look at the songwriting credits, it's it's credited to Ital Schur and Rob Thomas. And if you look at Ital Schur, he um he worked with a lot at the time he worked a lot with Maxwell, who was very popular at the time. Uh, worked with Jewel, blew up at the time. Enrique Iglesias, who was blowing up at the time, so he was very much in that that entire pop music scene or R and B scene. And then he comes in with Rob Thomas, who was essentially a songwriter. It's just, oh man, it was so disappointing. Honestly, it was so disappointing. Once I saw <laughs> the songwriting credits, I was just like, why, dude? Why?
0: Well, I mean, the fact that just just like going onto Wikipedia and and looking up. The track listing and then going down to the actual like songwriting people that are on it yeah it's two separate notations right there's one entire thing that just shows it's track listing and songwriting credits and there's the personnel area that shows everyone who played on that specific song yeah. and just looking at it's like what the f- there's like f- eight different people per song mm-hmm. like what is this this is this is this is just like a complete shit show that was put together to win some Grammys and, and make a did. lot of money and make a lot of fucking and, money and it did,
1: yeah. I mean we we criticized that Britney Spears album so bad because there were some. What do we count? Like twenty four different songwriters, yeah, on that record. But this is this is just as bad. This is, this is, this is yeah, probably this is worse. worse. This is this probably is worse, worse because you know he
0: has the potential. Yeah. it's like I am like disappointed with my kid. <laughs> like I am not even mad. I am just like disappointed. Yeah. Like this this happened
1: doesn't make any sense
0: all right well do you do you have what are your i don't know if i want to talk about bangers more or stinkers more because they both excite me
1: what let's let's switch off let's switch off okay do you want to start with the the stinker we'll go to a banger and stinker back and forth
0: so i i I don't rank my stinkers i just i just like going in order i just say it's a stinker
1: okay yeah i don't i don't rank my stinkers either except i do have Bottom of the barrel stinker. I do have that one for sure. Okay,
0: which one's that one? Which one's that one?
1: Maria, Maria. What? That is bottom of the barrel.
0: Oh no, that's a banger. That is that is is a banger through and through. Oh damn!
1: Before going into this, before going into this, I always liked it. You know, I always thought, or I thought I liked it. I'm sorry, I thought I liked it. And uh, and listening to it, I just I was like shocked at how bad it was on so many levels it's it's beyond cheesy the guitar riff is the only that 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 one high guitar riff is the <laughs> only that's the only saving grace on this song other than that the lyrics are just it's just it's embarrassing this song is just straight up embarrassing and how it even became a song is is remarkable That is insane that it's is- so bad dude it's so I, don't think, bad. I
0: don't think I've ever been as shocked right now <laughs> as I have I've ever been on this podcast. It's before. so
1: bad. It's such a bad song.
0: Like, like like there are so many times where we disagree on things, but I think <laughs> this could be like the most, the biggest thing we've disagreed on. It's 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 unbelievable to me. Listening to this the first time, I was blown away. Oh Listening to it again and reading a little bit about about it, I was blown away even more. First oh of all, God. you're right. That is a fucking rad guitar riff. I love it. Rad, amazing. It comes in so hard. And the song is very just like casual. It's very, it's very last song at the strip bar, casual. It's very chill. Like the vocals set the calm tone and like there's little plucked stringed instruments going on. But that riff comes in so fucking hard and it's so heavily distorted, but. In the mix, it's it's just not that loud, so it just gives it it gives that little edge, that little bit of edge right there, and then reading more into it, I read that that Wyclef was inspired by the Wu Tang song, Mm -hmm. Wu Tang ain't nothing to fuck with, and it's the same fucking riff.
1: Is it the same riff? I didn't listen to the. the It's the
0: same fucking riff.
1: So that makes it even worse. Oh. Oh,
0: it's so good. It's just so cool. I mean. I, I would I would hope Santana... So, like, given your your arguments that not only is this not a Santana song, but this is not even a Santana covering another song doing another <laughs> song, right? So there's, like, a third degree, a fourth degree of separation there. Yeah. But I would like to think that Carlos Santana knows who Wu-Tang Clan was. I would like to think that he was he he respected Wyclef, which clearly he did because Lauren Hill's on this and there's a whole other the whole other can of worms with that one. But yeah. I I Santana's not just one of the like Santana's not like Clapton. I feel like Clapton's a very thumb my nose at anybody I've never heard of type of person. I feel Hell like Carlos yeah. Santana is more grounded.
1: Oh no grounded
0: maybe, yeah, maybe. Clapton has no fucking idea what's going on. Clapton is just like he like he knows he's already in the You're top hater. five or six. I don't hate Clapton. It's just, he can get boring. He can get Omar. He can get too much. Oh God, dude, no. But yeah, dude, like like the Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. You can even play it like the first 30, 20 seconds of the Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with and you'll do you hear say? that, that riffage in there. Oh, oh my
1: God, it's so good, dude. It. Goddamn.
0: Maybe I'm just like jaded because that album we did with the 36 Chambers was so fucking amazing that... Anything from that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explode over. But Maria <laughs> Marie's a banger, dude. It's dude just, it's I, I, every, everything's so messy. Everything is so, so dirty and gross, and in their own way, that it all just comes together.
1: Wait, the 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 Wu Tang song isn't on Spotify. Yeah, I listened to today. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing
0: to f apostrophe wit.
1: Because if you if you type anything after ain't, it doesn't come up.
0: Did you type in Wu-Tang Clan or Wu-Tang?
1: But anyway, yeah, here's uh, here's what, here's what Jeff's talking about. Ooh, wrong song. Here we go. Tiger style. Tiger style. Yo. Huh. Huh. Wu-Tang Clan
0: ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck
1: with. There's no i the room. Dr. Damn, yeah, that's a good right, fucking yeah. song, though. Jesus. That is a great song. But Right, that's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, no, it, it's the same exact thing. Just yeah, with the guitar, it kind <laughs> of so makes <Wyclef> you think <sighs> like
0: <sighs> transcribe that, brought it to Santana, and Santana made it a little bit better uh, in the context of this album. I shouldn't say better. <laughs> yeah, Stop myself real quick. It's not better. It's different, and it works for this album. For the song,
1: <sighs> it's the only the only highlight of this song. I, I will say in this song, "Maria, Maria." One of the things that's really embarrassing to me, it just it's awful, is the chorus. I, I, let me just read through the chorus real quick. <laughs> Here it is. Oh, Maria, Maria, she reminds me of a West Side story. Growing up in Spanish Harlem, she's living the life just like a movie star. Oh, Maria, Maria, she fell in love in East LA. And this is the part that I hate the most. It's awful. To the sounds of the guitar, yeah, yeah, played by Carlos Santana. I hate it and the guitar solo comes carlos in. Oh, oh it's so awful it's and then and then it goes into the first verse and it says stop stop the looting stop the shooting oh god it's just the way Why he you, sings I, it it's
0: what, so like pal- what do you dislike about that it's a good Dude. song like maria from west side story and he's like blending it in with carlos santana's like actual mexican background and it's Dude, it's good but it's just it's a like good it's fucking, so it's a basic it's
1: so basic like like <laughs> there there's a cool way to like to 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 associate the two of them but it's just everything is just so blatant and just gross sounding she sure reminds me of a west side story growing up in spanish harlem like it's just like like throw throw some other words in there at least or just like just i don't know man it's just it's so basic and shitty
0: I mean, this whole album is, is, like I said earlier, like in high school we learned that, that keep it simple, stupid. This whole album kind of goes along with that theme to where it work. this one song is going to be good. So let's extrapolate and make 12 other ones that are five minutes long based off of Smooth or Maria Maria, whatever the first song was. Mm-hmm. And they did an entire album based off of that. But they all, all these songs are, are kind of this fucking same thing.
1: Yeah, and this album's like an hour and ten minutes It's oh, a yeah. long fucking album It is very long So now that you're um, You seem to like this song so much I might as well play it and hear that stupid guitar riff Here we go Ladies and gents Turn up your sound
0: system To the sound of Carlos Santana In the GMB. Product Get away
1: Song, huh love this song <laughs> fantastic Dude, that part right there in the bridge the <laughs>
0: oh
1: my god it's like it's like you know what that oh my god i just made this connection
0: nemo Finding nemo
1: no 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 no, okay <sighs> fuck this is another example of them taking from everything else that's going that's popular in the music world that part sounds exactly like a part that would be in an aqua song because you know how aqua has the girl singer and the guy singer that part is exactly what they would have added to an Aqua song.
0: Yeah, that was a very popular '90s thing.
1: Dude, it's fuck this song. Fuck this song. You're I'm crazy. sorry, man. This song is not good. I'm sorry, man. You're crazy. It's, just, oh, it's so it's so beyond cheesy that it's <laughs> not even good.
0: Well, every song on this album is cheesy. Even well, even yeah, but this is that like are...
1: this is uh, this is on another level with that R&B beat and then just that that super super. Generic Spanish well, the, guitar. The
0: two guys on it are were like an R and B duo, so they, they're they're kind of bridging that uh, that you know that Latin R and B gap there.
1: And I understand that, but that doesn't make it good. No, you're right. It makes it great. No. <laughs> <laughs> and what you know, there is a connection to this song and the album that we did by Estelle. There's three connections to this album in Estelle, but the one I wanted to make a point of was Wyclef with his uh, his cousin or his brother or his cousin Jerry. Yeah, Remember Jerry. We talked about Jerry on Jerry, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's important. Two,
0: that's two connections right there. That's not one connection. That's two connections. But
1: it's kind of crazy how they can create something so great on that Estelle album, but then come up with such shit on the Santana. Well,
0: okay. First of all, Tiger. <laughs> down boy this is arguably you know, it's better true. because it's more popular oh. it's longer lasting and 50 years from now people are still going to listen to maria maria but quite possibly besides american boy estelle's going to be forgotten thank god we did an album an episode on that album so it'll be etched in history forever but without <laughs> us where would she be
1: that's true. I know we're, we're the one who who shot her to stardom. That, yes. That's true, and, we and kept her
0: Kanye. there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maria,
1: Maria. I'm shocked you like this song. I thought for sure you'd be on my side with this fucking I, song.
0: I immediately liked it, and then when I when I found out about the about the Wu Tang Clan thing, I was just I was over the moon. Oh my god! I was over but the it's, moon.
1: God damn, you're crazy, man. <sighs> all right well since i that was my stinker and that was your biggest banger on this album for some reason um wait, was this your biggest banger uh no okay good um what 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 is your bang what is your uh stinker on this I'm well curious.
0: let me see how many. i only have one two three
1: yeah i got three bangers <laughs> three bangers okay okay fair enough but how many stinkers do you have
0: Actually, all three of my bangers are the one right after the other. <laughs> wow. Stinkers, stinkers, true, true stinkers that are just not good. I got one, two,
1: three. Yeah, I got three. I have three as well, and I already named one of them. Everything else is just
0: just okay. That's all right. Yeah, I'm with so you. So, like, just starting from the top, love of my life with Dave Matthews. Oh, what the fuck? That's a stinker. Yeah Easy stinker I'm easy, with you that, That's one stinker. of my stinkers too Just like that intro Calling on Carlos Santana It's just so dumb So mm-hmm. stupid Similar to like How you probably feel About Maria and Maria Calling on Carlos Santana But at least that's <laughs> That's in the groove He's at least singing it This is just dumb It's just stupid And uh, it's I just never liked Dave Matthews I never liked his band And that whole like Jam band aspect Of Dave Matthews is cool if they were cool like if they were good at jamming like if they were like fish or if they were like the grateful dead if there were anything cool about that band i would like them they like 28 fucking live albums do they really have that ridiculous yeah
1: i've never looked it up
0: (laughs) they were this band that like prided themselves on their live performances and so to combat bootlegging they would they, they did something maybe like you would know more than I do, but they would do something where they would plug in things to the mixer so it would immediately be recorded onto a disc mm-hmm. and they would just sell that disc for that, that night show because every show was
1: unique. Yeah, a lot of bands do have done that and some bands still do it, like Metallica does that still.
0: But the problem is, when you're fucking boring, <laughs> who gives a shit? Who cares if, <laughs> if, if like you forgot the words to, I can't even name one, fucking Dave Matthews song. Who cares? I can't either. Yeah, I can't either. God, that is like the most boring band of all time. I've never met anybody who even says like, "Oh, my favorite band is Dave Matthews' boring fucking band." But yeah, that's my that's my first stinker. for <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's Ugh.
1: my that's my second stinker on uh, on this record is the Dave Matthews one. It's it's a really boring slow jam love song. It it's so generic. It's so fucking boring, and uh, it's that really cheesy guitar that kind of like that goes along with like the vocal melody which can be cool sometimes but in this instance it's just so bad it's so fucking awful but but you know carlos's um his guitar tone sounded great i will say on this entire record his guitar tone sounds perfect it's absolutely perfect especially for this time in music and for like recording sounds and styles his his guitar tone is Is perfect absolutely perfect you know i i
0: i I thought about that too the first time i listened and that's why i was in love with this album the first time i listened to it and then the second time i listened to it his tone sounds like an old guy playing with a bunch of younger dudes on an album made for younger people well that's what he sounds like he just sounds like an old guy they made him they presented him as like an old guy rather than like a rock god well, and that's that, irritating. Yeah, them. that's
1: this album. That's exactly, that's exactly how they marketed this album. Was this guy from the '60s and early '70s who was wildly popular and kind of in, and influenced thousands of musicians? He's not popular anymore. But let's throw him in with Rob Thomas, or let's throw Rob Thomas into the mix and Dave Matthews and Everlast. But Clapton would have never allowed that
0: shit. Clapton yeah. would tell them to go fuck themselves. Like he would have made it just another dumbass album that you never would have fucking done this.
1: So then, who's more grounded, San Carlos, or is it Eric Clapton? That's why. That's why I thought like something had to have happened at this point.
0: Like, why did he do this? I why think did he Why did he do this to me?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I, I think it was. I think it was insecurity. I think it was just him being just so down and out over the last like fifteen years. About how his music wasn't as accepted as it once was. And he, I mean, the guy reached out to Clive Davis, arguably one of the most influential men in music. He's reached a suit. Out, but he, he's influential. Now he's, you can't, now he's a suit. You can't deny that Clive Davis has and is still not influential. because yeah, he's got fucking money. But he is, or he was, and he still is. But anyway, yeah, he reaches out to Clive Davis and he says, I want to do this. Let's make it happen. And then they struck a deal, and I'm sure I'm pretty positive both, especially Clyde Davis, made a shit ton of money from this record. Of course. And this touring cycle, this entire record cycle, this album cycle was so probably fucking lucrative. It's insane.
0: I think the only person that reached out to Carlos Santana in the past to do something with him and then was on this album was Eric Clapton.
1: Was it and Clapton was- who reached out? I thought Carlos reached out to him. Isn't I th- I think Clapton met
0: Carlos at some point knew what he was doing knew what's going on and said hey if you ever have room like I would love to do something right. with you. You're right. Yeah, you And right. that's why there's like a two song jam sesh with both of them.
1: Can you imagine if they both did a, an entire record together like almost like an improv jam session?
0: If it sounded okay. So okay, let's get into the let's get into the calling and then the Dave celebration then cuz those are both for me, okay. none of those are bangers. They're both okay, really absolutely. what absolutely, so <sighs> let's go with the calling, because the Dave of celebration is kind of like a hidden bonus song, yeah yeah so it's the an calling extension of the calling right, yeah, yeah, so like it's good, there's clearly talent there, but <laughs> it's kind of but it's kind of boring.
1: That was like the most condescending thing ever when you have the arguably like some of the greatest guitar players of all time on one song right there.
0: Hey, like just because just because two people are great individually just because you put them together does not mean they'll be great together.
1: True, but the song maybe it's because the in the context of this album it might make the song better, but on its own maybe it's not that
0: great. Here's like the perfect anecdote I could think about the calling. So when somebody's telling you a story about something that happened to them and it was a crazy, crazy story, then ninety percent way they're done with their story and you're just like, that sounds fucking boring. And they end it with, uh, "You just had to be there." That's the fucking calling. Like these two guys jamming together for this long, it was probably fan fucking tastic. But then once they started recording and tried to redo what they just did, yeah, it just, it just, it was, it just seemed like filler. The vocals were. Very unnecessary. Did not need to be there. No, and it was just—it was just filler. It just—it was something fun they did. Th- they did together, and then recording it was an afterthought, and it came out like that. I didn't like it.
1: See, that's that's crazy, man. Uh, this is my this is my number two banger. The calling is my number two banger.
0: That's because you're a cuck, and you think that like, <laughs> you should like something because there's two great guitarists on it, and I feel like no, I because it
1: that. was a nice, it was a nice. Cha- you get through eleven songs on this record. Of just mediocre at best, and then you get to this, and you're like, "Wow, this is nice and refreshing. This sounds more natural than supernatural, like the rest of the record." You know what I mean? <laughs> See what I did there? But yeah. no, this—that was a really bad joke. But this, um, but no, this song is 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 a nice breath of fresh air into to everything. And I, I thought it was a great way to close out the record. Honestly, it was. And like you said, the vocals were unnecessary but there's not a lot there, you know? It's, just, it's more of the lyrics and the vocals were never meant to be there to, to overtake the guitar. Like they were just kind of there in the background. So they weren't that distracting in the end.
0: So like we know that Santana in the early days, they didn't need vocals to supplement songs, right? Yeah. They didn't need, they really didn't need anything. They just needed the music to guide it. And I feel like in their first album, in Abraxas, their second one, mm-hmm. it was almost like, Such a good let's jam and record at the same time. And then you get that sound where even the band doesn't know where it's going to go, but they're all so, they're all so connected, they're all so intertwined with each other's like souls at that point, yeah. that, they, that they know, they know, they know where to go. This song again—it just—it seemed like recording was an afterthought,
1: and that, that's kind of lost the value. I understand what you're saying, but that's almost the kind of charm of it. Because if you look at, at, you know, the first three Santana records, they were very connected. They had been playing with each other for 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 a little bit at that point, but they were familiar with their with each other's style. They knew how to play off of one another. They improvised. They knew how to write music together, but with this song, the Colleen, Clapton, in, in Santana. As far as I know, I don't don't know much about it, but as far as I know, they never really recorded anything together. They never really wrote together. They never really jammed together. So it was a nice, like, it was a a cool thing to see, like, two guys who are remarkable guitar players, arguably some of the best guitar players out there. And it was cool to kind of hear them noodling and kind of playing off of each other because you can hear the different, you can hear when one's playing and the other one's playing because Clapton has a very unique style that's vastly different from Santana he's a very he's i mean it's its it was kind of what i thought was really cool about it too is that you can tell clapton's blues influence compared to santana's more kind of like like not i wouldn't even say latin but more of his like chaotic style he's a very like he's chaos like in a weird way i don't know if that makes sense i don't know if chaos is the right word to describe his guitar playing but i guess in the context of clapton it seems just more like like your your eyes are wide open like what are you doing like you're barely holding it together but clapton has this like this cool flow and this like mournful tone to his to his guitar playing i don't know i don't even i i don't know if i'm explaining it correctly but that's kind of what i I, I like too
0: i was with you the whole way and i like that you added like the mournful aspect to it because we all know like tears from tears from heaven (laughs) Clapton's like, arguably the most mournful thing he's ever done. Well, I mean, p- possibly anybody's ever done.
1: That's probably the m- most sad song ever, ever written. Yeah, yeah.
0: like oh God, but dramatic. but he had already been doing that for like decades. He had already been doing that sound. He just added the vocals to it and took away like the distortion. so it was very, very acoustic sounding. But Clapton, I mean, Clapton is Clapton's God, man. like he's 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 up there. But Santana also has that that sound to him. Santana is also very very mournful, but in kind of a Latin way, to what we're just not used to in the ro- <laughs> What the fuck? Who's there with you, you. Renee? Oh. oh, thank you for my thank you for bringing me a beer. Yeah, like like Santana also has this 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 very man. It's like something's wrong with him, you know? Like like he has this deep down fault... In his heart, that something's going on, and that's when like people talk about the greatest guitarist of all time. Like maybe they sold their soul to the devil. This whole lore around being like a great guitarist. Yeah, I think Santana always gets kind of like brushed to the side he because totally he's he's not one of like the big five. He's not one of like the big three even. But damn, he like, he's so fucking good. And going to just the stuff that he did in the early seventies, and now it's very difficult. And I just don't. I don't feel anything from this song like I did from anything that he did on his first two albums. I, I don't feel
1: anything. I don't either, but I'm just saying in the context of this record, that's what I'm saying. It, I'm not saying this is the greatest thing Santana's done because it's far from it. But Then it's not a banger. It's but no it's a banger song. in the context of the album. No, no, no. no, no. Okay, then, then what you're saying is... Would you playlist is, this song? No. I wouldn't. I've wouldn't. i already playlisted Maria Maria. Oh, so you're saying <laughs> Maria Maria. So from what you just said, you're saying Maria Maria is better than the first three Santana records, or at least first two. So you're, you're setting me up a little bit. That's exactly what you're saying right now. That's exactly well, you, what you just said.
0: You're setting me up a little because you're saying, you're telling me that Maria Maria that was a ripoff of a Wu-Tang Clan song is better than the two of the greatest guitarists of all time jamming together? That's kind of what you're saying. And what, That's I'm, not saying what I'm saying is yes. Yes, this song is not good, dude. The Calling is not a good song. It's okay. It's fine. It's a good ending song. It's okay. But yeah, absolutely. Maria Maria is better than The Calling and of <laughs> Celebration.
1: <laughs> Maria Maria is fucking garbage, dude. And, and the fact that Santana had literally nothing to do with that entire song, it shouldn't even be a Santana song because he had nothing to do with it half of these songs should be Santana's songs. I agree. I absolutely agree. So you can't even really compare the two because it's not even a Santana song. It just has this fucking name on it. And the calling, it's just like, dude, what They're fucking like, noodling. They're they're not they're not but it, they're not but trying he, to write a song. They're fucking just jamming and just kind of vibing off each other. It's not But
0: there was no vibing. There was no back and forth. There was no like there was no like competitive nature. There was no brotherly nature. There was there was nothing. It was just like, all right, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and then you do your thing, and then I'll do two of my things, and then you do two of your things,
1: and then we'll stop. It was just it was very scripted. It was very How is that was that scripted? Boring. It was just Oh dude, don't even talk to me about unnatural. scripted on this shit. It was Don't oh, even talk to me about scripted on this shit.
0: It was unnatural. Um. You're so dumb. Most of these songs are supernatural. This one is unnatural. Oh, God.
1: Do you know what I, I, I kind of thought when we were talking a few minutes ago about how Santana is not, Carlos Santana is not really in the top, normally in the top five, like, top guitar players or anything like that. And if you always look at, like, the top five, it's always, like, blues-influenced guitar players. Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, uh, even Eddie Van Halen, uh, Robert Johnson, obviously. Oh, Hendrix would be, like, Hendrix, number one. Hendrix, yeah, almost I mean, you know, always. But, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. You know, it's always blues influenced stuff. And but Carlos Santana is never on there. And I'm wondering if you think about it, in in the cultural standpoint, so he comes from his, the Hispanic community. I don't know, is it Mexican or is it is it Puerto Rican or
0: no? He's he he was born in Mexico. He was born in the state of Jalisco, so which also houses like Guadalajara.
1: Okay, so he he he's from Mexico. So he yes. has a, he has a, his culture is very different. Than, than the blues culture and the way that people view death and they view sadness almost is very different than in 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 Mexican culture than it is in you know southern culture or that kind of stuff you know so I feel like maybe that's why his music was has never really been been considered um one of the t- one of the best as guitar playing wise because he he views it differently he views it in almost like a more like, not. I don't want to say joyful way, but like they, like you know how like Hispanic communities or like the Mexican community, they 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 view death as like more of like they celebrate it more than more than they mourn it. If that makes sense? Yeah. No, it's. I mean, you're you're. So right. I feel like I feel like that translates to his guitar playing, and then when you look at Hendrix, Clapton, uh, Jimmy Page, and so on and so forth, they they focus more on the Mississippi or the Southern blues the true, like, mournful sadness. So it's, like, a very different viewpoint on death and sadness in general.
0: It's it's definitely a, a different viewpoint because the early guitarists from, like, the Delta Blues area, I mean, they experienced something vastly different than anyone will ever experience. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, you're right. Like, the Mexican culture is, is not necessarily, like, I'm... Almost like like he's, like, the OG mental health advocate like the mexican culture itself because it's okay to be sad but how about one day a year we celebrate the life of the person we've been sad about the rest of the year and yeah. that's where like the day de, de los Muertos thing comes in and you actually put up pictures of family members that are dead and you just reminisce on things like that because that's just your way of honoring that person and and i, I think like it takes like three generations or something like that, to to completely forget a person. Sounds about right. And and that's just, that's like a sad concept to think that if we die in three generations from now, nobody will ever know we've existed. And just think of all the humans that have died over the course of, like, humanity. And, like, that's fucked, man. Mm -hmm. But the only people that kind of do it justice, or is like the Mexican culture, and I'm sure it expands further than that, than just the Mexican culture. But that's all I'm familiar with. Yeah, and so you're right. I think I think just the weirdness, I guess, in American culture, because when whenever we talk about the greatest guitarists of all time, we're pretty much talking about American journalists ranking the greatest guitarists, or English journalists rating um, the the greatest guitarists of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're not talking of like the, the some Peruvian journalist who's ranking the greatest guitarist. So, you know, them
1: saying Omar is the greatest guitar player ever. And then
0: nobody would ever fucking say that. But <laughs> like Jimi Hendrix is, is usually like number one or two, Clapton, Page. Those are like the top three that that kind of like go at it.
1: Yeah. Outside of like, like the Delta blues scene, it's usually those three for sure.
0: But, like, Santana's just never in there. And I don't understand it because he did everything. He was like Paige. Like, Paige could do anything and do it pretty damn well.
1: Like a jack-of-all-trades, but better. And then also do it fucked up. Yeah. Like, you know, famously, you know, Santana played Woodstock 69, and they played in the middle of the day because they just got signed by Columbia. A
0: late edition.
1: They they were a late edition. I don't even think the first album was even out yet. They went on and played... They're They played a 45-minute set at like 2 p.m., and the, the whole band took a shit ton of acid before they went on. And even Carlos Santana said to this day he doesn't really remember playing that show because he was so messed up. And he said it felt like he was playing a snake; like he felt like his guitar was a snake. Like he doesn't really <laughs> remember anything except for that. And that's just like, and honestly, like if you go back and watch that performance from Woodstock. I mean it's one of it's one of the greatest perf- live performances I've ever seen. It's truly it's truly something special. But nobody, I mean people talk about it but it's not not in the mainstream kind of I
0: I I, I I feel most people only know Carlos Santana just because the band is the same name as him. Yeah. If the band was any other name, any other name, if it was just like if the band's name was was Mattresses, nobody would ever know who carlos santana was maybe not and i just, no. and I just googled like like top guitars actresses? of all time and the first mm-hmm. the first article was rolling stone and they list him at number 20 hmm really yeah i don't want to go into like the rest of the 19 but yeah number 20 it's just but to me that's just that's, who, that's too low
1: skimming through the the 20 right there who who is shocking to you that's bef- who's before santana probably The Edge, huh? He's probably on there. He's probably like number eight
0: No way. No way The Edge even like made this.
1: He probably is. You want to bet? He makes a lot of those lists. Undeservedly, too. Maybe like top, top 500. I would say he's
0: maybe like, he was like top 500.
1: Yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah. I'll, give him that. I'll give him that. Top
0: 500 non-American guitarists. Could that be a, <laughs> a
1: better classification? Yeah, that's better.
0: That's better. Okay. Yeah.
1: Ah. <sighs> Do we want to talk about The Calling anymore or Day of Celebration?
0: No, they're they're both kind of the same thing. What is your other banger? My number one banger? You said you had three bangers. One was Maria Maria. The other was The Calling. (laughs) (laughs) What is is your third? Oh, God.
1: Well, I didn't even give you my my number one banger.
0: What's your number one banger? Oh, God, please don't say Day of Celebration.
1: (laughs) No, it's Migra. That's my number one. Oh, yeah. That's my number one banger. That's
0: that's, that's my second banger. Uh,
1: man, the, just how it starts out with the 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 drum to, the toms the drumming in the beginning, and then just Car- Carlos has just some great noodling all throughout the entire song. There's not a lot lyrically there. It's just like more of like a, to me, it's like a rallying cry more than anything, almost like protesting against. I mean, that's kind of what it was about. It was about protesting against immigration and naturalization and and kind of that whole process and how it's all kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, lyrically, I feel like it's the deepest song on the record. It's the only song that actually means something, truly means something. And musically, too, I feel like it's just, it's such a, it's the only true absolute banger on this record is Migra That's it.
0: I would, I would probably, like, agree with you because... I like that it's this weird protest song against La Migra which most people would know as as they're just the immigration enforcement is mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. And so this song is is like a is like a a cry against the injustices that La Migra does. And what makes it great is not only the vocals are going against it but like the music, the music. There's a weird like Celtic part to this song. There's some, yeah, like, mariachi-sounding stuff in here. There's some really good jazz. And then he throws in just, like, some straight-up 60s, 70s rock and roll.
1: Yeah, there's and a so lot. of
0: Adding yeah. all those little, like, music parts to the tone of the song make this, like, a perfect song. And I
1: play this with this song. This is a fantastic yep. song. It is. Let's play I'm I'm going to play a little bit of it. Cause. Okay. We're we're finally being uh, being posy on this on the pod. So here we go. Here's a uh, migra by Santana. banger the only true banger on this record
0: right Uh, again just going back to uh to what i said earlier i this is this this is a perfect song because not only is it is it kind of showing it's, it's kind of showing people that maybe aren't aware of of i don't know the way especially now in today's climate like what ice does to people and like what la migra is to Maybe that's like a Southern California thing. That's, I don't know. I don't know where we am going with this, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I like that he's he's pointing out Carlos Santana is pointing. I assume Carlos Santana is is the master of these songs. So when I say he is pointing out, I'm referring to Carlos Santana. He is he's, yeah, he's okay. pointing out that La Migra sucks. What they do is pretty shitty sometimes, and in doing so, he is uh, he's bringing together many cultures just through the music. Again, I think there's there's a little bit of Celtic influence in a couple measures there. There's a Absolutely. big like mariachi influence. There's jazz, there's some fucking good rock and roll. Like everything just like bringing everybody together through music and lyrics. I think this is the only like you said it's like the only
1: true banger on this on this album. It really is, man. It really really is. It's just a good Santana song, too. The the guy who sang on it is a guy named Tony Lindsay. I don't know too much about him. Tony Lindsay, but do you know? I, I guess apparently he's he's been singing with Santana for a long time. He joined the band back in ninety one. Um, but yeah, he he sang on this rec on this song. not this record, but the song. Uh, but co writing wise, it was uh, it was Santana was the lead songwriter along with um, Tony Lindsay. As well as uh, this guy named Rasid, Shah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, he was he's from originally from Algeria, um, but then based in France. Uh, He apparently he was pretty, pretty popular within the music scene, especially in Europe, and um, so it was kind of interesting. I don't know. I didn't really feel a lot of like electronic or a lot of European influence on this record, so I don't know. know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it just it's weird, but apparently this guy's was pretty famous. He died kind of young, but I don't know. I, I was reading more about this guy too, and he had this disease called the Arnold Chiari disease. Did you read about that? No. Yeah, it. it so he suffered from that disease. He was diagnosed in eighty seven, and he said he quote he quote said I'm tired of people thinking I'm a drunk on stage. Well, these are the symptoms of this disease. I'm stumbling because I'm losing my balance. I'm wavering. It generates a disruption, disruption in the body. So apparently, with this disease, like you're kind of like just like twitching, and you lose like your your equilibrium, and you kind of like fall over and stuff. And wow. it's kind of a fuck, It's a pretty fucked up disease. It's but like yeah, this long-term guy long-term vertigo. Kind of what it seems like, almost. That but sucks. Yeah, but he was also kind of popular within like, um, like I guess like I don't maybe like the Arab music scene as well, and I don't know. Interesting so stuff.
0: He's an Algerian dude. He was, living yeah, he in was, Paris collaborating with a Mexican-born American artist.
1: Yeah, so he was born in Algeria. Damn. His parents moved to France when he was 10 years old. He said his biggest influence is Joe Strummer.
0: Oh, what?
1: Go figure that. Weird, right? strange. Well, he's kind of weird, right?
0: He's from across the pond, still kind of
1: Yeah, but he said his biggest influence is Joe Strummer and I don't know. He, he seems like an interesting guy. Um, he, he was he was very much against um, uh, like forced labor and slavery and stuff like that, because he, he apparently his father, when they, they came to France, he was a textile worker and he worked like just super shit long hours for sh- very shitty pay because he was an immigrant. So it kind of goes hand in hand with the lyrical content and kind of the whole vibe of this whole song.
0: It's kind of cool. Yeah, I dig that.
1: He's an interesting character. He was an, he, from what I read, the little that I read about him, he seemed like an interesting guy, but he he died, I think at like age 55 or something like that of a yeah. heart attack. Yeah.
0: I mean, that makes his song even more kind of like the world coming together, right? Like this whole Live Aid thing that Santana's kind of going for here. Algerian born French resident collaborating with a Mexican born American. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Pretty yeah, dope. Yeah. Dope AF, as I would say. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, it says he died of a heart attack in his sleep on September twelfth, two thousand eighteen, six days before his sixtieth birthday. So yeah, that, that's Rashid, um I'm mispronouncing it probably, but Rasid Taha, which I think we know. It's it's good that we bring him up because this like a, like we both said this is probably one of the best songs, if not the best song on the record. Yeah, he's one of the co-writers. So th- so that was your number one banger. That's my number one.
0: Yeah. What Negro. was your number two banger? Did you say oh, it already?
1: Excuse me. Um, no, my number, well, my number two banger is The Calling. So we no, already talked right. about
0: that. Blah. 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 <laughs> so my number two was Maria Maria. Migro is my oh number my one. God. Number three for me. Wait,
1: wait Migra was your number one?
0: Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. And the number three for me was Corazon Esplanade.
1: Wait, which one's that? Right
0: after Migra. Oh, this okay, It's the yeah, one that yeah, features yeah. the dude from Mana.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's my four, my fourth banger on this, on this right, record. Yeah. That's a good one. Do You want to get into that one?
0: Yeah, that's just a. Uh, this is a strong pop song. It has a very, very strong melody to it, and mm. it's just fucking fun. Coming off like Migra, which is pretty serious. There's a lot of like moving parts to it. A lot of things to get into. This one was just like easy listening. It was just, it was fun to get into like a Backstreet Boys type song with some cool <laughs> guitars
1: backstreet boys come on
0: i mean that's what kind of mana is but
1: but yeah but it's just to me it was more like a latin rock jam like it wasn't i didn't really feel like as much pop influence
0: oh th- th- i felt like this was nothing but like pop latin rock really th- this was like one step below in ricky iglesias no or ricky martin or uh, that's the only two i know actually
1: <laughs> what about mark anthony come on oh yeah keep is up it anthony now. or antony I mean, I've always known it as Anthony, but okay. I'm also some random white dude in California. I don't so know. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, you really I'm surprised you like that one that much. Oh, it's a great song. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, it is good, though. It is good. Should we play a little bit of it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, here we go. What, you say it because I'm really bad at pronouncing Just, things. Just
0: phonetically, dude. Corazon Esplanade.
1: There we go. Esplanado. Sorry. Oh, you yeah. got it wrong. You Excuse it me. think that a song like this and a song like migra can be on an album like this is <laughs> crazy they're just so wildly different the but they're like so good it's really really oh weird. it's laughable
0: how good it is it's compared to everything fantastic. else
1: absolutely 100 percent. every time i hear carlos santana play the guitar i think i mean i i'm a big omar fan obviously he's my boy but goddamn, Omar takes so much from Santana, from the early days to just—he takes so much from Santana's style, and you hear it so much in in Omar's playing. It's crazy. Especially, this is like one of those songs where, like, I can imagine Omar playing this with Cedric in the Mars Volta or something like that.
0: That's—I good. I mean, like, to even like recognize that—that that Omar, who's done so much and could take so much too. from from from. From Santana is really cool. He, what he absolutely does. All you do is talk shit on Omar. No. <laughs> Fuck you. I would never. <laughs> he's top. He's top it's, one guitarist of all time. Easy.
1: It's like it's like your number one. Uh, your number one. It's my go to. Yeah, it's your go to. I guess you could say. Yeah. Is is making fun of Omar.
0: Yeah. It's it's quite possible.
1: No, it's not quite possible. It's, <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> That's the way it is.
0: This is one but of those songs where, where like, you don't even know what it sounds like. You don't know what it is, but like, this could be your first time ever listening to the song, and I guarantee you, your toe tapping, your fingers snapping, your head bobbing—like, you're in it. You're in it to win it. There's not one person on this earth that is not in it to win it on this song. It
1: is yeah. that catchy. It is, and it, not only is it catchy, but it's a song that honestly no matter what kind of mood you're in, it makes you feel happy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a happy song. It's, it's a positive song. You could be in a shit mood, but you throw this on and it's just one of those, those instances where you just feel almost instantly better. It's so bizarre. So fucking weird. But it, it that's, that's, I guess, as cheesy as it sounds, it's the, that's the power of music. It's the power of know. Santana. Power of Carlos Santana Santana Played by Carlos Santana By Santana Why are you saying it
0: like that? That's how he says it No, that's how Carlos Santana says it Does he? I don't know Yeah, but like right after this one Wishing It Was Uh, That's one featuring your boy Eagle Eye Cherry Who you like now because of his name Fucking stinker Really? You thought so? Stinker it wasn't even an okay song. It was a stinker.
1: This is that's my number six banger. Right that's here. because you're a number six. Cu- How many
0: bangers do you fucking have? You have
1: like three bangers. <laughs> I think I think I've I think six is my last banger on here. Jesus. No, seven, I have seven bangers. Oh my god, that's like bangers. half
0: the album. <laughs> you're but mind insane. You, but,
1: but mind you, there's there's different levels of banger. So you got your top tier bangers, which are like truly bangers, and then you have your lower tier bangers, which are like they're really good. They 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 stand above. They they exceed expectations. And then you have your okay songs, and then you have your stinkers, and then you have your dumpster your your bottom of the barrel dumpster stuff, which is Maria Maria. That's yeah. what you
0: got here. Okay, guy, take it easy. Take it <laughs> easy. The wishing it was is a fucking stinker. The vocals are dumb. They're oh, too I like low. It, man they're goofy and this song tries to like mix this weird Latin percussion with goofy sounding hip-hop drumming and it's dumb it's stupid wow I'm shocked they they should have like they should have hit a pit bull on how to do it properly because (laughs) they fucked it up and it's terrible
1: there's a lot of songwriters on this one too it's um it's a couple of the guys from I guess there was this production group called the dust brothers they sound familiar but I don't, I don't know what they've really done. And then um, there's obviously Eagle Eye Cherry. He he co-wrote this one as well. And then Money Mark, who worked very, who has worked very closely and still works very closely with uh, my boy Omar. Mm. Money Mark also worked with Beastie Boys. So there you go. He worked with the Beastie Boys from '92 to 2011. I think up and through until the Beastie Boys ended. But yeah, Money Mark was known for mainly, obviously, Beastie Boys. But yeah, he worked a lot with Omar as well. But he was on this Eagle Eye Cherry song, The Wishing It Was. Yeah. It's a solid song, dude. No, it's, it's not. It's fucking terrible. I, don't, I liked it. I liked his voice. His voice was a nice change. It's too low and
0: stupid. It doesn't fit with I the album. It, it doesn't fit with the music. It's, pick a side. If you can't pick a side, let it blend well.
1: All right, for like the enough, for man. like
0: the fifth time, I don't know why I mentioned this guy. This is I've mentioned this dude more in this podcast than, than my entire life. But Pitbull knows how to blend good <laughs> pop music with like Latin stuff.
1: But Pitbull he does it does, well. He does it well. He does one thing well, and it's the same thing over and that over. That is and true. Over again.
0: That is true. He does one thing well, but he does it fucking well.
1: He does it. He does. This, you're right. He does do it really well.
0: This is not well. This is not a good blend of hip hop and Latin music. It just sounds dumb and it's stupid. Pitbull,
1: but honestly, Pitbull is the only good thing about reggaeton.
0: Damn, I can't. Even Otherwise, reggaeton
1: is so awful. That style of music is so awful. But he's the only good thing about that style. But to say that he's better at you know infusing Latin style with pop music or hip hop music than this, you can't. You yeah, can't do that. For you sure. can't do that
0: for sure.
1: No man, you're, Pipple, you're nuts. Pipple
0: at his best is better than this.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. At his best. <laughs> at his best he is better than this song. You're absolutely right. The
0: best Led Zeppelin song is better than this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you such an idiot. That's where we're going. Uh, but you're right. You're that's true. The best yeah, you're right. Actually, just out of random curiosity, what is your favorite Led Zeppelin song?
0: Over the Hills and Far Away. Is that? It? Yeah. It's not, it's not even off my favorite album. And I think the top two albums, the top two greatest albums of all time, it's not from there. But that is my favorite Led Zeppelin song.
1: Fair enough. That's my number two. But Lemon Song is their best song. Oh, man. Top three. Lemon Song, Over the Hills and Far Away, Days of Confused. Boom, got him. Damn, it's the way she goes. That's that's brutal, but you
0: can't deny it. I mean, I'm not going to fight it. now. <laughs> so good. I don't think it's her best three, but I'm not going to fight that at all because those are all fucking, those are those are all double Bs. Those are beyond bangers.
1: Hmm. I I got some stuff to say after the pod that I want to talk to you about, but. We'll wait till after we, we stop recording. Damn, this just
0: got real, dude. Are we getting? Am I getting fired? Are you replaced? Well, yeah, absolutely. Am I getting replaced? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it
1: sounded like. Huh?
0: You can't, dude. You can't. So, like, if you're a manager and managing of like a place, <laughs> you don't tell your employee like, "Hey, after your shift is over, I need to talk to you," because they're going to underperform throughout that entire shift because they are worried.
1: Uh, no, that's, that's like 100% management not 101.
0: So, what is going on?
1: No, it's 100% not that. <laughs> it's something more exciting than that, but not even really that exciting. But its
0: I don't know. Getting fired is pretty exciting.
1: I guess so. It's kind of funny. I guess we've all been there. But anyway, back to uh, Wishing It Was yeah, wishing with it Eagle was Eye Cherry. <laughs> Are we good with that song? Do you want to play it? No, I on? don't want to
0: play. I don't want to play any other songs. Everything, everything else <laughs> on my list is okay to stinker.
1: So does that mean we want to wrap it up?
0: Well, let me just go through and, and tell you why I hate other songs. Okay, yeah, and um, then I'll fight so you. So put put your lights on. Wrong. That's that's uh, featuring Everlast.
1: A oh, fucking stinker, dude. stinker. Santana Absolutely asked stinker.
0: Everlast if you want to do a song, and then Everlast brought like this song that he's kind of been working on. Santana liked it, and so like Everlast recorded it, and then Santana or like like arranged guitar work afterwards because that's what it sounds like, and it sounds like shit.
1: Wait, are you sure that that Santana said, "I want you to come and play on my record," or was it Clive Davis who said, "I want you to play on Santana's record because we're trying to make a shit ton of money"? That is true. I get did not. It.
0: I didn't look too deep into that one,
1: but that's probably what it but was. But this
0: is this is an Everlast song that was brought to Santana at some point. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who brought it to him, but yeah, this was an Everlast song brought to Santana at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Stinker. Africa. Yeah, and I think there
1: was even a a video made for this this one too. Oh,
0: I, I guess like one cool thing about this song was that Everlast he at some point in his career he had like this massive heart attack in between like his first and his second album or like right after his second album dropped. I don't know, like he almost died, and he converted yeah. to Islam. And this song, uh, the last part, like kind of the last part in this, he added this like Islamic part that I I fucking I'm not even gonna say it. I can. I'm, but the lyric, lyrically, <laughs> dude, I'm all right. It's, what's going on here?
1: <laughs> no, I want, you, I want you to recite this. So it,
0: <laughs> I feel it's is better. It? I, I feel it's better just to say it all at once rather than try and break it down. But it's La ilaha il Allah, which there yes. is no God besides Allah, besides our God.
1: There is no God but Allah. That's right. what it
0: is. Right. And so Everlast was, was reluctant to put it on the album. But at Santana's request, he's like, nah, put on the fucking album. Which I think is kind of cool, considering yeah. the religious differences between the two. But Santana recognizing that that aspect of his religion is kind of who Everlast is at that point. It's now his identity. It's transcended into this practice, and now it's who he is. And so I think that's a cool thing of Santana... To do saying, nah, put it in. I don't give a fuck what Clive Owen says from Children of Men. Put it in there. Was that his name, Clive Owen? Clive Davis. Clive Davis. Clive Davis. (laughs) (laughs) African Bamba. That's okay.
1: Wait, that's an okay one for you? Yeah, that's a cheesy, cheesy, cheesy song. Uh, this okay, is, that's my that's my is, that's my number five banger right there. So okay, so this is I, in my
0: notes. I said this is like on a movie soundtrack when two lovers are dancing in the rain. Like that's okay. That's fair. That's enough That's what this song with, is. with that
1: with that Spanish guitar and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so fucking no, get cheesy. It. But I will say this is better than the Eagle Eye Cherry song. I'll right? give you that.
0: I will give you that. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank because
1: you. Th- this this song at
0: least makes me want to dance.
1: Okay. As cheesy enough. as it fair is, enough.
0: it makes me want to dance. And then the other song that I really want to talk about was like Do the Do You Like the Way featuring Lauryn yeah, th- Hill.
1: And CeeLo. CeeLo Green.
0: That was the third connection to the Estelle album that the third and last connection that I found to the mm. Estelle album. And yeah. and CeeLo, if you don't if you only know CeeLo as singing very, very high pitched and sort of obnoxious to some people, this is very tame. This is very calm. This is very collected from CeeLo. This is not super irritating. Over the top silo mm-hmm. and I think he did that on purpose to let Lauren Hill showcase what she can really do, and like Lauren Hill kills it, man like she does she kills him like everything she's ever done.
1: She's I've never heard anything bad from her
0: she's strong, she's forceful, but she's still fun, she's playful, like everything is great. but the structure of this song is set up like this hip hop type song, and I'd really rather have heard like a Santana song featuring Lauren Hill rather than what this song was which was a Lauren Hill song featuring Santana. Yeah. And that's my You're biggest right. problem with it.
1: I agree this is my this is my third banger on this this record and it's 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 a Lauren Hill song. This is not a Santana song. And that's my biggest qualm with it. It's it's a good song, but it doesn't belong on this record. Like a lot of the songs don't belong on the record, but this is the this is the sore thumb on the the whole entire record. This one does not belong on here because it doesn't make sense. There's no it reason. For it to Doesn't make sense. Be on here.
0: The pacing is weird, and then going There's into n- right into Maria, Maria, like what the hell?
1: Yeah, yeah, in that sense. But even just the song itself, it doesn't sound. It just sounds like a Lauren Hill song. It doesn't, or like a Lauren Hill B side, I should say, or a Fuji's B side. Like it doesn't. It doesn't sound like a. I just. It doesn't. Doesn't make any sense. It has no at it,
0: all. It has like no real identity. There's no real, like hip hop influence because there's long instrumentals mm-hmm. that is like reminiscent of what Santana does best. Like Santana kills it at like the long fills, the long instrumentals.
1: But even then, those are are not like they're whatever memorable. Yeah, they're good, but they're not like memorable. They're stock. in the context of this record. They're stuck. Like, yeah, but, but the, the song is really good and that's why that was why it's my third banger, but in the context of the record, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't belong at all. I thought
0: this song was okay. like I like Lauren I like the way Lauren Hill pretty much does like anything whenever she speaks. She's just very like when Lauren Hill speaks, you listen. And one of yeah. the few artists that no matter what like I hear from her, I will listen.
1: Yeah, she's like she's like Chuck D. She's like Zach De La Roca. She's like, um, Tom DeLonge. I, Tom DeLong. Oh, well, come on, dude. Obviously. <laughs> um, she's like Ice Cube. Ice Cube has a demanding voice, you know, or commanding voice, I should say. Like she has one of those, those, those few voices that v- very little people actually have and utilize well. But I guess,
0: I guess I to put know. it in like a term that I, I understand the most is even though she's a woman, Lauren Hill's like a grandpa that you want to hear his stories.
1: Even though she's a woman,
0: yeah, <laughs> but like she's not a grandpa, clearly. But you know what I'm talking about? Like your stereotypical grandpa, like you no, go to like family gatherings and like everyone's drinking, everyone's like outside smoking. Be like, nah, man, I'm gonna sit next to grandpa because that fucker's been there for everything. That guy knows everything about what has ever gone on this earth, and like you believe everything he says. And like that's what I feel about Lauren Hill. Like no matter what she says, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow it. I'm gonna believe it. To an extent, and I'm going to listen. At least I'm going to
1: listen. Yeah. She, I mean, she has some amazing, amazing music. I, I think she's one of the. She's probably, I don't know. I I think I think she's, she's underrated, and that's saying something because she's well regarded as being one of the the greatest within the genre of R and B and hip hop. But I still think she's underrated. I do too. And I think a lot of that has to do with like her mental health issues. That she yeah. Had back yeah. in the late 90s early 2000s and even to this day and it it's it's so shitty you know it's just like she 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 has so much to say and she's so talented but she's just she's plagued with so much shit you know it sucks it's awful
0: it is it's 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 hard to like digest especially like seeing like Wyclef and Praz do so well yeah after like the fujis especially like Wyclef like still today like Wyclef is still involved in music and still doing things
1: mind you he's only like behind the scenes right right you know like like in front of like like if you look at the Fugees after they split Lauryn Hill was huge like you know in front of the camera as, as a solo artist but Wyclef was always behind the scenes like he was always doing the production he was always doing the song or anything. But he was never up front and that's kind of how he was in the Fugees too he always kinda like like it was always like Lauren Hill was the she was the front person of the Fuji's. But Wyclef was always the back the background. He was always the the production, the how to set up the vibe of the entire song.
0: I mean Lauren Hill only released one album.
1: I know, that's crazy.
0: Like after the Fuji's were done, she released one album and that was It's insane. Like her their biggest the one with her face on the cover, it looks like it's Eshna Wood yes oh my god that album's so good with with doo-wop like that thing that thing that thing that was good yeah it's i mean it's (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty remarkable like her her long lasting kind of legacy in the music business and she's only released solo one album Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that just i mean that just shows you like how powerful one person can be with such little Involvement? Has she done thirty-five albums? Like Omar, I don't know. Maybe her legacy hey, would have been tarnished. Hey, hey. I don't know.
1: Oh, hey, Omar's done like close to like probably seventy. Oh my god! So watch your fucking mouth.
0: Why would you, you even say that? That's
1: <laughs> why do you get so mad?
0: Because it's so dumb. It's just so fucking stupid. It's like so like this guy. I I, I uh, he played baseball. I think his name was Andrew Reynolds. <laughs> like the most the most strikeouts in any any season ever was this guy named Andrew Reynolds. Uh he played for the for the D-backs for a while too, the whatever it is. It was Andrew Reynolds, maybe it was Anthony Reynolds, I don't know. It was some guy named last name Reynolds and he just had like 200 plus strikeouts a year. But occasionally, I mean he would still hit like 35 bombs. Like he was still at 35 40 home runs when he was on the D-backs, which is a lot of home runs. Yeah. But he would strike out a Fuck ton which means that he's up at the plate swinging for the fences so his mindset is either i'm gonna hit a home run or i'm gonna strike out which is not helping your team because you've only hitting 35 home runs or 40 home runs even but you're striking out 200 times at 200 of those times you're not even getting on base you're not even helping your team you're only going for yourself
1: but the the okay comparing the two (laughs) is is unfair you know it's unfair because. No,
0: like, so, straight up right now, I totally forgot what we were arguing about. <laughs> and I was waiting for you to jump in. What am I comparing this guy to again?
1: <laughs> so, you were just talking, not yeah. even knowing? Oh, you're such an idiot. But you can't compare Omar and this oh, guy. Oh, Omar, to
0: yeah. Okay, Omar, yes. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> you're such an idiot.
0: Absolutely. When, when you just. Oh, Mark. His name is Mark Reynolds. Mark Reynolds. Mm-hmm.
1: When,
0: when you just. It's that old like saying where I'm just going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks. That's what Omar does. Omar has so much music out there that is not good that it kind of diminishes the music that is good. Had he released a quarter of, the ma- of that amount that was really good, that would increase his legacy. But now because he has 70 albums, and 60% of which are just eh, they're okay at best, and the other forty percent may be fantastic, but like, come on, man!
1: But you're but you're also going into this with the viewpoint that, of the viewpoint of like modern music industry standards, I, the idea behind Omar putting out so many records and so much music is that he just constantly like that's literally all he does. He goes in, he records just kind of whatever he wants. Like, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. He just does it. Like, it's kind of like whatever the vibe is he, he'll go in with like a drummer he'll go in with his brother Marcel and just like crank out like 10 songs you know or eight songs just to lay it down and then he'll just release it because he knows that some fans will will be into it like there's no there's no like financial gain for him there's no like critical acclaim for him like he just does it just because why the fuck not like what's it gonna hurt it's not gonna hurt anything like he doesn't at this point he doesn't even care he's made pretty good pretty good or decent money without the driving he, he's made pretty good to decent money with more the mars volta and it's just like he's just having a good time that's what it comes down to or it's what he's doing that's what he loves and the diehards like uh, some of the diehards like what he does with his solo record so there's nothing fine. wrong with it that's fine yeah so, why criticize him
0: for it? Because it's stupid because it's dumb because to pass it off is like, Omar's released seventy albums. That's no, he hasn't. He's released seventy well, he has he's released seventy albums worth of jam sessions with his homies,
1: yeah, what's wrong with that?
0: There's nothing wrong with that, so then why are you bitching Because you're masking it behind as if he has actually released seventy albums of conceptualized music
1: but see that that's where your your kind of whole viewpoint on the thing is. Is flawed because you're looking at it like it has to be this very concise project that has to follow certain criteria a certain criteria for you to accept it but that's not the idea of music that's not the idea of art
0: that's like that's like us is jamming releasing games say oh that's our first album like exactly yeah i guess technically yeah that's technically okay, what a jam band cool,
1: is that's what pretty much every fucking live record is
0: and that's why Dave Matthews Band sucks. But look at look that's at look Omar at a band is like is not
1: good. But look at a band like um like Creedence Clearwater. Whoa! They put out what ten records in what seven or eight years. <laughs> all that, that, that shit was, ten, was jamming. What? How many albums did they put out?
0: I don't know. Was ten
1: records. Well, maybe it was like seven or eight, but they all put There's it out with like. It was all like an album. It was essentially it was like, like an album years. a year. Yeah. It was like an album a year, or like two albums a year. So it's that same idea. It's them just, or John Fogerty, at least in that instance, it's him just saying, you know, I'm just going to write a, as much as I can, and I'll, I'll teach the band, and then we'll go record it live, and that's it. That's all. That's this. It's the same idea.
0: But even if, even if, even if CCR did release ten albums, that's a lot different than seventy.
1: Yeah, but seventy albums over <laughs> what, twenty years. <laughs> seventy 70 fucking albums? albums over Come twenty years. I'm just saying it's the same idea. Oh, it's just it's just it's
0: just dumb. It's just taking advantage of of, of fans not, of everything. It's just it's gross.
1: It's not good. It's not though. I don't like it. Because but if you think about it this way, the dude is putting his own money into into recording it, he's putting his own money into mixing and mastering it, and his own money into to pressing the vinyl. He's throwing all of his own money into so it when he doesn't have to do it. He just kind of he just does it for the love of his own art and his own music and just kinda like this is this is him saying this is an imprint of my life right here on this record. And if you want to listen to it, then listen to it. If you don't, then don't. It's it's as simple as that.
0: No, I, I I think I think it's he'd heard people didn't listen to it. No, but he but he likes he has a big ego. He does. He has a big ego well. and he likes when people when fans make a Facebook page, when fans make a website, praising all of that he's done, he likes it. Maybe, and that's why he does it. If it it's was truly, possible. if it was truly just for the musician, for him, then he would just jam and not even worry about recording, not even worry about, not even worry, not even take the hassle of releasing. He would just do but it with you, his friends and not worry about it.
1: But not only that, but if you think about it, some people like the the process of engineering something like that or they like the, the process of recording a record and I feel like that's what he likes to do he likes to create that's why he, he's, he's made a couple movies here and there and he's actually released a couple of them because he likes the process of the movie making process
0: unless he likes to work like 80 90 hours a week forever then I mean if that's true then that's fine I, 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 agree it. I, get, that's it, I get it that's essentially what he did for like 15 years I get it that's, that's, that's not sustainable I don't believe that at all there's no way you're, Can't not, do you're it. not Omar You're not Omar Can't do man. It. You're not Omar But I would even be like If you said like Oh Clapton did this Or Paige did this But Omar's not that good dude He's just not
1: He's still good
0: He's good For sure <laughs> he's good Absolutely
1: <laughs> So that's ridiculous to But he's not that good But he's not but that he's good But he's still good He's like Mark and he's Reynolds still, he, He's he, like the Mark
0: Martin. Reynolds of of music
1: He's, he's good, and he surrounds himself with good musicians on top he of it. He
0: strikes out a lot, but he also hits a lot of home runs. He pleases Whatever, the fans, he but he pisses off management. He's the Mark Reynolds of
1: music. But the difference with that, with that comparison, too, is that there's no management. It's all Omar. He has his own studio. He records everything that he wants to for himself. He doesn't give a shit. Like, I mean, this is be, a, this is a shit comparison.
0: To be fair, I think Mark Reynolds is in the Hall of Fame, possibly for the most strikeouts in every in a season.
1: Well, that's fine. I don't think
0: that's even the Hall of Fame criteria, but he is a record holder for the most strikeouts in a season. So that's you know that's something to be proud of, right?
1: Is it because we all know that records and awards don't really mean anything in the end?
0: Records right? are a little different. No, not really. Like in ba- like no, basketball was just the first thing that I, that I mentioned, but. <laughs>
1: You hate basketball. I you hate do. the NBA. I do. Yeah. So you don't even know what you're talking about.
0: Records are records are something. Records are something.
1: Words are like bullets Words too. Words
0: are like bullets. I'm done with the Santana album, so <laughs> we
1: can just <laughs> I am too, man. Her. We've talked about pretty much almost everything. Is there any song
0: that it really Good really for me? us.
1: No. Maria Maria is the worst song easily. the Fuck out of here. All right, so what do you what are we gonna do? So we have our three point rating system where three is a perfect album, uh, two is a good album. You're gonna continue to listen to playlist some songs, one is a bad album, but you should give it a shot at least. Um, and zero is just you know your your ears have been run over by a truck. That's what that is. So what what do you what do you rate this album, Jeff? This is a solid. This is an easy one point two
0: five. I was going to give it just a straight one because had it not been for Maria Maria being on a silly playlist that I have, I, Megra is the only other song that I, I will listen to again. So I can't give it just a one because there are things on here I will listen to again. Mm-hmm. But you should listen to this because it's, it's interesting. But I will say you should listen to this after listening to their at least their first album. Like, don't listen to this. Yeah. Or even, like, listen to this and then listen to their first album. I don't know. But, like, you need to either put it before or after their first album to this one. You need to listen to their first album to get absolutely what this one is truly about. Because I think their first album was 1969. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is 30 years later. They yeah. come out with this, which has a lot of the same elements of their first album, but... <sighs> but watered down like everything's just watered down like like this album is just watered down beer compared to their first album and it's interesting it's interesting to see where he's come and again man like I still contend i don't I don't understand like there had to have been something going on mentally that like made him do this like you're better than this man
1: he you're is but better he was than fed this. up he was fed up.
0: I mean, it was it was the longest drought he's had up until that point, releasing an album. And he's another one. He's just like Omar. He released fucking a million albums in the seventies, <laughs> like five in the eighties. It was
1: it wasn't even that many.
0: It was like it was like nine in the seventies. He was like nine albums in the seventies. It was almost that on was, a yearly that was a,
1: basis. But that was a lot of bands. That was Zeppelin. That was you know CCR. That was a lot of sh- a lot of bands at the time.
0: CCR had like five six albums tops.
1: They would go record for like a month or two, record live, and then they would tour for six to nine months, and then go. Yeah, back.
0: but okay, so CCR released until albums for like out, thirty until minutes. They out. This is like an hour and a half.
1: Well, yeah, Supernatural's different because this is a shit album. Fucking long. And this was, not, but their
0: first two albums are long
1: too. Yeah, but Long-ish. they're more jam sessions. Yeah, but but that but that's like stylistically different. Than, than a lot of the other music coming out. It's that's what I'm jammy. saying. This
0: this sounds... Okay, so this this is a watered-down sound of their original sound. They're yeah. trying to recapture that sound, but in a processed John Feldman-like manner. <laughs> and that's what this sounds like. And that's why I give it a
1: 1.25. Done. That's good. The John Feldman thing's good. That was a good good comparison. So my thing with with Santana, I'm with Jeff. First three records, especially the first two, amazing amazing shit. Supernatural, nah, not so much. Uh, wildly, just, you know, just not having anything to do with the actual Carlos Santana. This is all a PR shit, PR stunt, uh, marketing, you know, I don't, I don't want to say nightmare because they made so much money off of it, but just so much integrity was lost, I feel, with uh, Santana and it sucks, but made the dude a lot of money, and it made several of the guys in, in that were featured a lot of money, like uh, Rob Thomas. So, um, yeah, this is just—it's overall just meh. And I'm gonna have to give this album a one point, one point five. Oh. I'm gonna give it a one point five. <laughs> I'm gonna give it one point five. That's what it is. Oy. One point five. There's some there's some cool moments for sure on this record. There are moments on this record that I that were not nearly as bad as I originally thought. There were also some parts that were far worse than I originally remembered. But uh, yeah, a solid 1.5 for me on Supernatural by Santana. Damn. Yeah, I'm never gonna go back to any of these songs unless 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 it is smooth and that's because that's kind of a jam. It's kind of a jam, and I might do it just to either annoy people or just kind of, kind of feel that nostalgia.
0: Are you are you gonna say RS? Forget about it. What does that mean? That's that's what I thought the lyrics were. The letter R, the letter S. Forget about it.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) restful. good. Is that really what you thought? RS? Forget about it. I said in the beginning of this fucking episode. No, I know, but like, you really, you really thought that.
0: Yes, I thought he was saying RS. Like RS
1: stood for something at that. I don't know, I was like fucking
0: three years old when this stupid thing came out.
1: I always thought, he, up until this week, I, I always thought it was, oh, let's forget about it. Oh, let's forget about it. See, we don't know it. because he's
0: got that stupid fucking, I don't even know, matchbox ac- accent. <laughs> like he's chewing food and singing. Like, come on, Rob Thomas.
1: You're right You're absolutely right Well It's it's still kind of It's still kind of a banger And I think I kind of like it I don't know I I might why, go back to it Why are you playing it right now? <laughs> that's the mean? outro That's the worst so What's the worst? The song? Yes What's worse? This song or our own song? This song? Absolutely Is it? Why? Ow It's oh, so good like, to listen to that oh, Hear that? On your radio.
0: It's
1: pretty good, right? No? No. Oh, bro! So <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. I mean, you got anything else to say about the pod? No. Are we good for this episode? I am. You good? I am. All right. Well, that's it. That's all for Asinine Radio, the greatest podcast in the world thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks for sticking around this long if you have. Go to iTunes, go to review and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you again for listening. And this is Asinine Radio. Asinine Radio, that's it. That's all.
0: Give me your heart make you real Or else forget about it all But in kind of a Latin way, to where we're just not used to in the ra- <laughs> What the fuck? Who's there with you? All <laughs> oh, that's forget about. See, we don't know that. because he's got that stupid fucking, I don't even know, matchbox ac- accent. <laughs> accent. <laughs> like he's chewing food and singing. Like, come on, Rap Thomas. Give me your heart, make you real or else forget about it.